Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm one of your hosts, Jordana Osman, here with my friend, Chavruta Ann Gordon. Our daf today, Masachet Nedarim, daf Tet Zion, page 16. Well, we're actually going to start in the bottom of Tetva with a little Mishnah that gets snuck in there on the end. And there's a bunch of Mishnayos uh, between the bottom of this daf and our actual daf of Tet Zion. And again, the Mishnah is discussing, uh, well, this Mishnah wants to talk about uh, some of the halachot that apply to oats that are parallel to Nidarim that we had already started discussing in the previous Mishnah. If somebody takes, says, an oath that I won't, will not sleep, an oath that I will not speak, an oath that I will not walk, then he's forbidden to do any of those things uh, by the oath itself. Right. So again, what this is sort of telling us is that the oath is takes effect on sleep, speech, and walking, which are things that are loma mash. They don't have substance to them, but because the oath takes effect on a person, right? Then you know that's why it's you know it it, it that's why it's valid. Now they have a different set of sort of uh, things that a person could says korban lo ochel lach. Lacha, right? A korban I shall not eat of yours. Ha korban shochel lacha. Ha korban that which I eat of yours. La korban lo ochel lacha. Or la korban I shall not eat of yours. Mutar. He's permitted uh, to eat the other person's food, right? And so we learned this already. We saw this on uh, Daf Yodalid, right? That all these variations about the korban um, it doesn't really make sense. Because if you mean to, you know, swear by a korban, right, this shvua, this oath would be, uh, would doesn't mean anything because a korban is basically not something uh, that you can actually swear by the same way that you can't actually make a nedr by a korban as well because he's associating a korban with something that you don't eat, even though a korban is something that you, in many circumstances, you actually can eat is something that is actually uh, permitted. Now, the Gemara here, which is actually the top of our actual daf, really wants to know whose opinion this is of the Mishnah, right? It's clear, it says that it's Rabbi Mani Matnitnin, right? Whose opinion is this? Rabbi Meir, he, that it's obviously Rabbi Meir. Um, and the reason for this is, you know, is because what we saw previously where Rabbi Meir had all these different formulations of what you could say with the Korban, Right. Uh, but it also gives the, you know, it wants to play around with what if it was Rabbi Yehuda. To e Rabbi Yehuda, if you want to say that our Mishnah is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, lo shani le korban, below shani le ha korban. Remember that Rabbi Yehuda was not the person who made a distinction between korban and ha korban. Um, and then the Gemara gets into a little bit more discussion about the last clause of the Mishnah itself. Uh, but again, it's it's a lot of this is just subtlety of language. And whereas before we were talking about Nizarim, now we're moving on to to oaths. I mean, about time. Not really. I'm just saying that if we were looking at the if we were looking for the differences between the two of them, so then it's helpful to see more examples. Um, right. Okay. So I'm now going to the second mission here, which is very short. Shavua lo ochal lacha. Meaning somebody takes an oath that he will not eat of yours. Meaning that he will not eat from your food, I guess. Namely, if this is worded in any of the following ways. An oath that I will not eat from yours. An oath 
this is an oath that I will eat of yours, or this is not an oath that I will not eat of yours. In any one of these cases, the food would be forbidden, right? So you want to talk about the the wordplay or the particular granularity of formulation. Um, I don't think that it's any less when it comes to a shvua as compared to a neder. And the Gemara wants to understand exactly what's happening. I feel it's like, you know, literally those logic games when you say, you know, um, this leads to this, this does not lead to this, not this does not lead to not this, right? Like, and ends up with these, and become the positive, which is exactly the language that leaves us here with a prohibition against the food. So the Gemara here says, meaning we can infer from this Mishnah that the statement, when we say, this is an oath that I will eat of yours, is an indication that I will not eat, which seems to be right, a bit of a difficult, a, a bit of a difficulty with the language. And the Gemara here appropriately, I think, brings us a passage from Masachet Shavuot, this is the passage from Shavuot, when you have when you have um, two basic kinds of oaths, there are two kinds, but they're really four. What does it mean? Four she ochel lo ochel she achalti lo achalti. You have that I will eat that as compared to I will not eat that I did eat as compared to I did not eat. Again, this gives us this language play that I will not eat that I ate. And then, like the opposite or the contra uh, inverse of it, right? That I did not eat really then kind of gives you the inference that you could say that I will eat because I did not. And the, then the indication is achilna mashma, like as if you're taking an oath that you will eat, which of course then contradicts our Mishnah. But my point here is not, you know, we're, we're not adjudicating um, a case of an oath about the eating here, right? The point is that the Gemara is paying very careful attention and the mission as well to the formulation that gives you like, yes, I will do, or no, I will not, not do, which means yes, I will do at the same time. Right. And this is the particulars of the language. Yeah. Again, I mean, it all comes down to your understanding of language. I'm going to move on now to the next, the last mission on our job, which again is this contrast with Nadarim and Oats. So this is an area where there's a greater stringency that applies to oaths than it does to um, to nidarim. And the rule that they're going to talk here uh, was in the previous mission as well, right? That certain oaths are sort of considered to be effective when that same language is used in parallel to a nidar, it would it would not be. And so that shows how it can be more masmer than a neder will be. So it says what? And then there's some areas where actually the nedarim is more strict than an oath. Kate said, how so? Amar, konem Somebody says, konem a sukkah that I make. Lulab shani ochel or konem that I take. Shani notel tefillin shani maniach re konem the fillin that I put on, the nedarim asur, right? When he's expressing this as a neder, as just described by saying koname, then it is forbidden. He can't use that sukkah. He can't take that lulav. He can't put on the tefillin. Bishvuot mutar. But in the case of a shvuot, if he says that as a shvuot, like 
I swear not to dwell in the sukkah. I swear not to take lulav. He is, uh, he's permitted in those cases. And the Gemara is going to go on and explain why that is, because what the says is, is that there's a specific pasuk that talks about that you cannot take a shvua that's going to cause you to violate uh, or not allow you to fulfill one of the mitzvot of the Torah. labor al mitzvah, right? Because you cannot take a mitzvah, you cannot take a shvua that has you transgress an actual mitzvah. And the, the Gemara itself is going to describe uh, on the next step, we'll actually give the source for that. So what the Gemara does when it starts off is, is that when it has this statement of the Mishnah, right, that here's an area where there's a, there's a chumrah, right? There's something that's more machmer to oath than a darim, right? That that had to refer to what was just uh, previously said, where it says like that you take a shru of, I will not eat of yours, uh, is effective. But if you say korban, it is ineffective. And so the Gemara asks, chomer michlad since the Mishnah says, right, a greater stringency, it would imply that korban, right, is a nadar, but it's treated less stringently than the oath. But the Mishnah teaches that the person who says, korban, I won't eat of yours, is actually permitted, right? He can eat that person's food. It's not really a nadar at all. So the point is, is that that case of korban, the case that immediately preceded this Mishnah, which is what this Mishnah seems to be referring to, is not a case where the Shvua seems to be stricter than the Nether. So the Gemara then goes and reinterprets our Mishnah. The Mishnah, our Mishnah is really talking about the latter clause that deals with the other case. Um, and that is the case of Shvua Sheni Yashan Sheni Metaber Sheni Mahalech Asur. Right, that case about the sleeping and the talking and the walking, right? Right, that is a case where there's a greater stringency because you can make a shvua on those items, but you cannot do that uh, with a nedar because again, a nedar doesn't take effect on something that isn't substantive. So again, it's just a minor point, but part of what's interesting about this passage is, is that the Gemara is playing, paying close attention to the flow of the Mishnayos themselves. And by having this comment, I think the Gemara is sort of thinking that there has to be some type of like inherent structure to the Mishnah itself. Like one Mishnah builds on the other. And when that seems to not be the case, they have to go out of their way to really sort of explain what is this opening line of our Mishnah since it doesn't seem to actually flow from the previous Mishnah. So I think that we're now in the weeds of Masach and Nidarim, both between the differences between Shvur and Nidarim, which I'm glad to like be able to compare them, but the the details I feel are um, because of the wording being so subtly different, I feel like it becomes even that much greater of a challenge to suss out really what the differences are. Uh, oh, yeah, I agree with you. This is very, very weedy. Um, but uh, we'll see how this, you know, how it continues. If we can sort of get out of the weeds, it can get a little bit more of a bigger picture. Well, that's our top discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Revenue Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hodgkin website. Let us know what you thought about this stuff on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn. 